What happens if you turn up to the wrong stadium for a game? How does a YFS journalist not complete his work and end up in the away end with an ultras group? And have you ever fancied a summer of coaching in the States? Find out on this week's episode of the Youth Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of the Youth Football Podcast. I'm your host Adam Minnie, joined by a rather moany Robbie McDonald. This fine evening Robbie's just had, had a go at me for delaying the beginning of this podcast for simply getting some water. Robbie, is it, is it true that you don't believe um, human beings should have the, have the right to, to water? Is that is that correct? I just think that you should be a bit more prepared and turn up with what you need when we're about to start recording, Adam. Well, uh, that that would that would be a help. That would also be a help if uh, the podcast researcher Robbie McDonald could provide the, the podcast notes with more than five minutes before we start. Robbie, this is the it. earliest. This is the earliest they've been in weeks. I, <laughs> I was quite prepared today. Yeah, no, you were. I'll give. I'll give you that. It's, it's been a massive, a huge leap in professionalism from yourself, Robbie. And um, but don't worry, I'm not. I'm not going to slag you too much today because we've got another two on the podcast who can certainly take the. The, the brunt of some of the jokes. We've got Mark and Anya also joining us. They two podcast veterans making multiple appearances um, throughout this year. No debutants today, unfortunately. So no initiation song. Mark and Anya have already completed that. Um, but Robbie, I think you've been on your travels recently, have you not? Yeah, had a wee weekend away. Obviously, we were a bit, but a bit of a hiatus from the podcast last week, but we're back. I was spent the last weekend abroad couple wee weekend away seeing some friends but happy to be back for YFS Mac do you think that's acceptable missing a week of the podcast for this man to go and travel Scandinavia no his priorities obviously I am sure disgrace um, yeah Robbie you were away in Sweden and Denmark to fantastic countries must have spent a fortune though no nah it was not well Copenhagen's quite an expensive place but it's cheap flights it's actually I could actually fly to Copenhagen and back quicker than I can get the bus up to Inverness. So that <laughs> but uh, yeah, Copenhagen was nice. Went a wee day trip to Malmo on the train. I thought I went and visited the Malmo Stadium. Obviously, our producer yeah. Stuart will remember Malmo well, having beaten Hibs 9-0 in the Europa League a few years ago. So I thought <laughs> I'd go pay, pay some tributes to them. <laughs> Good to see you've not uh, forgotten about it, but um, no, of course, yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Ross County's journeys in, in Europe, please, Robbie? Uh, we actually won a European trophy in 2019. We got one of the worst days of my life. Got relegated in 2018, but then bounced back, won the league, and also the Challenge Scottish Challenge Cup. Oh, behave, European Challenge trophy. Cup final against Connors Key Nomads. Nonsense. Welsh European opposition. Fantastic. <laughs> Not, having that. Not having that at all. Not having that at all. Anyone anyone else been up to anything um exciting? I feel like every time Robbie comes on this, like, oh, I've been to South Korea, I've been to Thailand, I've been to Sweden, I've been to he's, he's, he's all over the place in outdoors. Can anyone else top that? Anya, please tell me you've been somewhere more exciting than that. Uh, probably not as exciting as that. No, I was in Liverpool last weekend. Okay. Uh, okay. It was it was all right. Yeah. No, obviously it was international break, so couldn't get along to see Everton, unfortunately. But um, it was good. 
and I fly off to Spain tomorrow actually, so busy. Oh, there we go, there we go. Right, now now we're talking. Where in Spain are you going? Uh, actually, Benidorm. <laughs> Is it a Hindu? No. Or a side of family Hindu location? <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Although it'd be a good idea to just say it's a Hindu and get some free drinks, but that might be a shout. Oh, absolutely. Mac, uh, this, this might be a silly question, but can you top that? We've got Benidorm, we've got Denmark, we've got Sweden. Where has Mac been in the world the last few weeks? Pine Castle Park yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which, obviously, you've heard of the Grumble. You, you one of the yeah, 576. I was. I was. I felt like something like a Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Because I. I never, never had a ticket until Saturday night, and then my dad phoned me. He generously uh, gave me and my brother two, and then he watched it to the couch. So it was good to, okay, obviously, I didn't, never, never expected to go. And then uh, we probably could have filled that stand by the 30th minute, because uh, I think I ended quite quickly. Storm Babbitt, absolutely. Having its uh, having its effect on Mister Kelly, not fancy the, the trip to Edinburgh sends his two sons as uh, fair enough. Any great father would, but um, we've we've totally missed the fact that since the last podcast, Scotland the qualified for the Euros, Robbie. I have indeed. Have you booked your flights yet, Adam? Um, no, I'm waiting until we see uh, who's going to be in our group so that we can plan it more effectively, but. I will be there no matter what. I promise you that. Absolutely, mate. But, um, yeah, just just buzzing. It was a strange one. We'd just been like, expecting it for so long, didn't we? Like, we were just expecting it, like, waiting and waiting for it to happen. Slightly underwhelming that it didn't happen on the pitch, but yeah, be there. No yeah it's what. a bit of an anti-climax when it wasn't. If we had just got a result in Spain, that would have been a fantastically yeah. night. Don't. We're supposed to be championing referees on this on this podcast, so I'm not going to get started on officiating uh, the game against Spain. Absolutely not, um, Mark. I'm, I'm hearing some rumours that you're having a bit of a, a nightmare with your new phone, mate. What's what's going on there? I mean, this is the second time something like this has happened. So, so yeah, I was at the at a game on Friday night up at uh, Newtown Park, which also we'll get into more detail later. I'm on. This is like. Just the storm, Babbitt was all over the news. So I'm absolutely freezing, typing out my, my notes on teleprompter. Get my get my tripod set up, it's fair a couple of times. As soon as I'm about to start, I realise I've got the old Apple port to go into my phone. And I've with a new iPhone 15, <laughs> it's like the Android one. So yeah, uh, it was absolutely rendered useless and the PTCs had to get put in the bin pretty much. Happened to me coming crazy. home on a train as well. Uh, <sighs> I lifted my pal's charger in Newcastle and um, I was left with like 14% of the way home to Newcastle. Uh, <laughs> oh. oh my word. That is, uh, that is some Robbie McDonald activity right there, <laughs> I have to say. How have I still managed to get a slagging from that? <laughs> I don't know. I just surely you'd agree that some. To be fair, that's something I would probably do as well. I side um, both of us would do it. Yeah, I think I think we're all capable of doing that. And um, there's been many a times where you turn up with raw equipment or something doesn't work or something doesn't fit. But um, I, I thought we would just get that out of the way with so that our lovely listeners that were expecting a, a Matt Kelly piece of the camera 
aren't too disappointed when it gets to that stage of the um, of the podcast. But yeah, a fantastic week for Scotland, obviously qualifying for the Euros. Um, need to talk about Max Johnson as well, called up to the Scotland squad for the first time. What a story that is. Um, playing in the Austrian Bundesliga for Sean Gratz. Uh, of course, was at Motherwell last season and I think about 18 months ago was just unknown at Cove Rangers. And now look at him. Remember, speak. I actually remember doing a press conference just as he'd come back from Cove Rangers. And I think, remember, there was that game, was St Mirren, midweek game, we played St Mirren at home. And he, I think he, I think it was that game. He scored this absolute rubbish cross. Like I'm sure he won't mind me saying, terrible cross. Oh, broke him up a wee bit, man. Yeah, like terrible cross, and the wind is just taking it. And I th- I'm pretty sure it was that game. I can't remember. Anyway, I remember the, um, doing press with him, and he's, it was like, oh, I was at Cove Rangers, and now my mother had loads of injuries, and it didn't really like make sense because it's not as if um, it was kind of finished his loan spell it was like January he got recalled in January or something and then ever since then right to the end of the season was absolutely brilliant for Motherwell I actually thought that that one of the old firm might have taken a, a pop in him if, if not on a, uh, an English Premier League team but they say I don't I don't think the Austrian Bundesliga is, is that man's ceiling so I think we'll play Max, uh, see Max Jones play a lot higher big shout out to 21 year old Jenny Smith as well called up to the Scotland women's first team um, for the first time for the UEFA Nations and two big call-ups in there as well so well done to, to Jenny who made 100 appearances at Hearts before um, breaking in before obviously moving to Celtic in the summer sorry broken at the first team at 15 um, but Robbie there was a, a I want to talk about another very special first call-up in the Scotland women's team have you have you heard this? Who is that? Come on Sandy McKeever one's oh, captain I swapped over yeah, one's capped by England and Sandy says, listen, you tiny, tiny, tiny little meaningless country, I'm going to go and take my goalkeeping abilities north to the superior Scots and play for Pedro Mar- Martinez Losa's great Scottish side. Uh, it's something you, you love to see. And um, Anya, I'm sure if, if you look at that squad and you now see the qualities that are in it, is it nice that you know, you're you're getting. I know it's it's great to have like new players called up and whatever. Does it make it that wee bit more special that you know you're you're kind of feeling like you're robbing a player from your your biggest rivals, England? Um, surely you must must be must be quite nice. I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I like. I don't know. Personally, ever played football. Never kind of been into it in that side of things. But it it must be nice to just. Knowing you're taking a, a good player off their hands, um, and then especially when they go on to do well for you, um, it must be quite nice to. You must be quite quite proud. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Of course, Manchester City goalkeeper as well. So, Sandy's playing at the elite level. So hopefully, it makes a um a big impression in, in a Scotland shirt, um, and and does does really well. I think the, the pettiness in me had to had to get that. I think we've probably got the better end of the deal, given that they're going to be stuck with that Elliot Anderson now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought we were thinking we were getting Elliot Anderson for the men's team as well, but I think don't uh, need them. Don't yeah, need don't need them. Rubbish playing anyway. Absolutely hopeless. Um, but it was a uh, Scotland seventeens were playing as as well throughout the week. Probably both at men's and at women's levels. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the Scotland men's. Didn't do quite as well as the women, sadly. They started their Euro qualification campaign, I think it was on Sunday, and they came away with a 3-1 defeat to Belarus. They conceded deep into first-half injury time, which I would say is 
possibly one of the worst times. Obviously, the end of the game is the worst if it could seed, but there's nothing worse than like seeing it out, just going into halftime, getting that break, and right before conceding a goal. Something about it, isn't it? It's just like uh, as it's a like player, a awful. It's sickening. <laughs> Because like when you can see like the first thing you want to do is just like kick off and just go at them straight away. You got to sit in the dressing room and the managers raging. Oh, it's, it's horrible. It's so raw from the manager as well. Like he's just had to he's had to rip up his whole team talk. Come in, it's just oh, worst possible timing, and then things went from bad to worse because Scotland went and scored an own goal. So they doubled the deficit soon after half time, but then Callum Anderson. Adams, Callum Adamson is our Rangers midfielder. He managed to pull one back in the second half and, you know, gave Scotland a lot to gave Scotland a lot to build on. And, like, they they did play well. Like, the, towards the end of the game, they were pushing hard and they looked like they might just get that equaliser, but it wasn't to be. And in the last minute, they went and conceded again. So, 3-1 loss to start. But it's the first, first game of the qualification campaign, so they're still... Plenty, plenty time to go. Yeah, um, I think they're playing against Kazakhstan soon, Robbie. I think you've got, you've got Kazakh friends now, do you not? Yeah, well, when I was in, I was just seeing that there that they were playing Kazakhstan last week when I was in Denmark. I met Kazakhstan were playing uh, Kazakhstan were playing Denmark. So there was a rake of, we bumped into a rake of fans in a pub who had flown all the way from Kazakhstan to Denmark, which is a Mental trip, yeah. To go and see their team get. We hammering with some of your Kazakh chats. I know you, you tried to learn a little bit for the last IFA. Ah, it didn't work, mate. I gave I gave them a couple of words that I learned at the futsal tournament, and they just didn't understand me. Their English was sadly a bit better than my Kazakh. Yeah, I don't think that's anything to do with uh, with the actual your your knowledge of of, of Kazakh is more to do with that but, horrific Highland accent. Awesome. Every week, man. Every week. <laughs> were, one of them was sure to give me a wee reminder of when Kazakhstan beat Scotland three 0 years yeah. ago. And then he was also he was also piping up about who was the team, Mark, you'll remember. Who was the team that beat Celtic from Kazakhstan? Um I no, we we beat Astana. Well we played Astana two years in a row in the qualifiers, but uh, technically they beat us four three. In Kazakhstan, but we went through like eight, four and I could get or something. It was he was giving me some talk about Astana beating Celtic, and I was like, I was delighted when Astana beat Celtic. So <laughs> 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 was I. We got to the Champions League that night. So, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, one one for everyone then there. Uh, Scotland under 17s women a little bit better than than the men this week. Probably as you said. Um, they secured third place in the Euro qualifying group, um, round two of qualifying. Two to a draw with Italy, which which is lovely. I'm actually going to be doing an interview with uh, Sophie Black, um, who was who was playing in that game in a few days' time. So we'll hopefully be hearing from her soon. Um, nice little trip to, to Consenza, fell behind in the first half, and Laura Perry cutting from the right to equalise. Um, Sophia Martin bring it into the to the top corner to then make it 2-1 but unfortunately can see the penalty with two minutes to go what a famous victory that would have been if the match get the, the win but a brilliant result nonetheless to draw with um, with Italy 
Now, I believe um, during international breaks, Robbie, we always have a reporter who's very busy at um, Scottish International Games. One of the things I absolutely love about working at, at YFS and uh, Scotland under 21s are two games this week, which we had reporters at both. I think uh, Aaron and Josh were there um, last week for a 3 1 victory over Hungary. And yeah, a few days later, um, Scotland 21s played against Malta. Want to run us through that game? Yes. Um, can I just start by saying that the YFS podcast jinxed me? And uh, last time I was on, Adam, you asked me if I had anything go wrong in any of my games. Yes, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Come on. This is my favourite part. Everyone else is downfall. I, call, I called it because I was sitting ready to go. I was planning on leaving. Um, uh, I can't even remember what time it was, say 20 past seven. And I just thought for some reason, let me just double check where it's actually being played. Sure enough, I was almost away to Fur Hill instead of Fur Park. So I was straight in the car, straight down the motorway. And I, I thankfully made it on time. Um, <laughs> so just, 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 just to make sure we, we get this correct, you turned up to the wrong stadium. No, no. Almost, almost. You almost turned up to the wrong stadium. How far is had, it? Had you actually you left your house yet? Not yet. Oh, that's <sighs> a nightmare. I was, I, I've, I've got this scene in my head of, of Anya sitting outside for how the lights aren't on going. Doesn't look like there's a football game going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Anya, where do you stay? Are you closer to Fur Hill or Fur Park? Yeah, so I'm no guy. So I was thinking, I was Ooh. giving myself 20 minutes to get to um, Fur Hill. Yeah. And then... Then I checked and it was actually also in Motherwell. I was like, gonna need to give myself a bit more time. Now. <laughs> yeah, so it was all good. Yeah, no, glad, glad you got there in the end. That wasn't um, that wasn't anywhere near as big as a, a monumental error as we've had from from some of our other volunteers. So don't don't uh, beat yourself up about it. I most certainly would have probably went to the wrong stadium, and I'm so stubborn that I would have convinced myself that even though there's no lights on, that I'm right and that Google's wrong. Anyway, Anya, continue. Tell us about the game. Anyway, it was a really good game. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think both teams started off very, very well. Um, Scotland maybe were a bit kind of rattled at first um, by how well Malta were playing. Um, in the second minute, Scotland keeper Keenan Slipper was on the halfway line trying to clear the ball. Um, but they've surely like they soon found their feet, and uh, I think Alex Lowry he was absolutely fantastic in the game. He was constantly creating chances as well as taking chances as well. Um, and he obviously got the first goal of the evening, which was the penalty, which I think really boosted Scotland's confidence. And they just dominated the first half completely. Um, and went into the into halftime, 1-0 up. Um, came out in the second half and it switched quite significantly. I think Malta came out um, pressing for the equaliser. Uh, and then by the 50th minute, Malta were awarded their penalty as well, uh, which boosted Malta's confidence. And Scotland's their defence was really tested in the second half. Um, but I think especially Mullen, he did really well in that back four uh, to keep the back four going. And 17-year-old Jory Wilson obviously got subbed on as well. That was a huge opportunity for him. He got subbed on just after the hour mark. Uh, he was really brilliant as well. He was determined uh, and his pace was great. I think for a long while, we thought it was going to end one each. It seemed very, very equal, uh, both teams getting chances. But 
the 82nd minute we saw Scotland's second goal. Um, it was absolutely sensational. Mulligan managed to save the ball, um, going out for a, a goal kick and crossed it to David Bowie, who managed to break it past Sacco. So, yeah, it was all in all a really good game. I think um, Scott Gamble said after the game that a few of the players were disappointed with their performances, but um, I, I was quite shocked at that. I didn't really think, I think they could be proud of their performance. Yeah, yeah. Kieran Bowie's been on fire during during this international break. So, um, pick up Kieran Bowie. I think a lot of fans are kind of hypercritical of the twenty ones at the moment. Where, you know, being like, oh, it's Malta. You should be you should be smashing them. But I mean, just a few days before that, Malta had only lost two 0 to Belgium. So this is this is a decent Malta twenty one side. You know what I mean? Bel- Belgium are one of the top football nations in the world, producing some of the top um, young talents. Like in that twenty one, so Nico Raskin that plays for Rangers was like. Uh, plays for Belgium 21 so he would have probably been playing in that game um, could be talking rubbish he might be too old for them now but I know it, it was towards the end of last season but yeah um, Bel- Bel- like Belgium only meeting them 2-0 so it's, it's a decent Malta team I think some people have been a little bit too critical of the, the 21s as Anya said um, what a positive performance across the board Alex Lowry doing well as well so he's, um, he's I think that was his first start maybe from the 21 so hopefully more to see from him gutted about the bend or injury though Oh, the the boy, the boy Ben though. Robbie, you taking him Euros next summer though? I think I think there's got to be a place for him, doesn't there? It's a it's a position. I know it's a position that we don't really play. Like we've not played with wingers. I think that's why we should take him though. Like because, exactly, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, because like another option. Yeah, because especially if like we we kind of play this back five, and it's mainly so that we can accommodate Robertson and Tierney. But, I mean, both of them are injured just now. So if you get to a, a situation where one gets injured and then you want to switch to a flat back four, it's probably more beneficial to have natural wide players somewhere in the squad as well. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, say you had Ben Doak on the right, not sure who you would have off the off the left. Um, top of my head. Maybe a Christie or... Yeah, Christy or Armstrong, but again, they're not really natural life winners. Um, uh, Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes, yeah, <laughs> get Harvey Barnes in the squad. Has <laughs> Ross Kevin got any up and coming left wingers, Robbie? If we don't even, I don't know if we've even got a left winger in the team. To be honest, we five as well, and it's like Jay Henderson. Can I get a game for counties? I don't think he'll be starting. I don't think he'll be starting in Germany anytime soon. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think there are many Ross County players eligible for Scotland considering your entire team are English loanees from League One and League Two. Dylan Smith might make the might make the jump up for the Euros. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But um Ben, yeah, great great to have Ben Beer here from Challenger Sports UK. Ben, can you tell us who you are, what your company does and, and why you're speaking to us today? Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks very much for having me on, guys. Much appreciated. So as you've just said, my name's Ben Beer. I'm the head of recruitment and staffing for Challenger Sports. Our main role is to offer opportunities for young men and women who are uh, potential coaches or thinking about wanting to coach to go out over to the States, uh, the United States of America and Canada and coach throughout the summer. Um, we do do longer term opportunities, 12 and 18 month opportunities for those that are a little bit more serious about it. Or The 12 month opportunities are really for those guys that are doing placement years, 
uh, sandwich courses, that kind of thing, need to do some work experience. So in a nutshell, what we do is our, our main sort of recruitment, if you like, is for young men and women who want to go out for the summer months and coach and earn some money while they're doing it. Yeah. Why do you, do you think this is so appealing to, um, you know, particularly, as you were saying, students or, or people who are in a kind of in-between year? Like, why, why is this so good? Because, yeah, you say you can go and coach, earn a bit of money, go out to America. But this is a real, you know, life experience, isn't it, Ben? hundred percent. I think, you know, one of the things that we always touch on in our presentations is that it's exactly what you just said there. It's a life experience. It's if you, if you want to work in the industry of sport, whatever, whether it's physiotherapy, whether it's teaching, whether it's journalism, whether it's analysis, whatever it is you want to do, whether it's coaching to come out and and experience a summer out in the States coaching soccer um, only makes you more employable. It only gives you more experiences. It only allows you to be, you know, to your, your CV to be enhanced when you are talking to someone in a job interview. Um, the experiences, the different cultures, and and the different experiences that you'll have. It's not all sunshine, you know, sunshine and beaches and stuff like that. There are some tough challenges while you're out in the states. You know, we've all been the, the people that work for Challenge. The majority of us have all been there. You know, working a hundred degree heat with 100% humidity is, is hard, it's difficult, it's very rewarding. And, and those things will will stand to anybody that comes out in good stead. And, and like I said there, we, we talk about it in our presentations that if you came out for the average summer and did 10 weeks and you're working 30 hours a week, you're going to come home from the States and Canada with over 300 hours experience. That's massive in the workplace. So actually going to real life jobs if that makes sense outside of university and college that's absolutely huge and if you're on a a coaching degree or you're on a sports degree and you can come out in the summer and and get paid to get 300 hours of experience not many sports jobs or work experience jobs that allow you to do that will pay you yeah ben something that i'm quite interested in because i had one of my good friends reese went out last summer he got to spend a little bit of time in texas and absolutely loved it can you tell us, about, you, you get to know a lot of these people really well. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've seen maybe maybe changing people or how this has gone on to, to benefit people? Because I'm sure there are thousands of case studies over the year. Can you try and provide a, a real-life example of, you know, someone who you think's done particularly well from this? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we like you just said there, we, we've had thousands and thousands of young men and women that come out with us, you know. I myself went out 20-odd years ago out, out to the States at 18 years old little bit wet behind the ears, wasn't really sure what to, you know, my mum coming seeing me off at the airport the first time I'm going crying her eyes out, you know, where my dad's sort of kicking me on the plane to tell me to go. <laughs> I sort of got off the plane in Dallas-Fort Worth and because and, I went to Texas and wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, was, I, was I a confident person? Yeah, I was pretty confident, but did I have life experiences? Absolutely not. I came back thinking or knowing that I'd enhanced myself as a coach, but as a person, I'd, I, I was I was much more rounded. I met lots of different host families because that's where our coaches stay. They stay with host families. Lots of experience, like we talked about on the coaching field just, just a short while ago, but experiences with people. So, you know, I, I was in Texas, which is predominantly on the Bible belt. And, you know, I, I'm not particularly a religious person, but that doesn't mean if I'm staying in someone's house, I need to be able to adapt and, and respect what their rules, regulations, what they believe in, et cetera, is. 
and to actually be in a, a family where they you, they wanted to say grace before every meal, and that's that's not something that I would usually do, but you've got to sort of roll with that and become part of that. And I think a lot of our coaches will attest that the host family side of what we do is something that's probably 85 to 90% of them worry about the most before they come out for the first year. But certainly when they return, I'd say 98% of our guys turn around and say that was the best part of what we did in the summer. In regards to case studies, we've got, you know, a guy that I, I work with in in uh, in Texas. I'm sure he won't mind me mentioning him. Uh, a lad called Ian Birchnall. He was a, um, a a professional manager. He he was the I can't remember the team. It was one of the Norwegian or Swedish right out in the back, but got it got promoted and did really well over there. Then came over and managed at Notts County. Then when he was at Forest Green, you know, he's made a living out of being a, a professional football manager and. And he he won't say that Challenger Sports in itself got him that job, but if if you listen to Ian and talk to Ian, he will turn around and say it had a massive part in the person that he became to allow him to step into those roles. You know, we've got another guy who, a gentleman called Stuart Sharp. Stuart was my director in my first year over there, almost like a mentor to me, if you like, and, and Stuart went out and and made a bit of a career for himself over in the States coaching. And then, and then Stuart now heads up the, uh, the USA disabled um, Olympic sort of teams, um, looks after all those guys do, doing fantastically well. So the pathways and, and the networks and that people create and, and meet while they're over there is absolutely massive. But coming back to what happens, I would definitely say that people become a lot more rounded um, they come back a lot more confident in their own ability and they've got a lot more experiences so become a lot better coaches as well as becoming better people Yeah, Ben, you, that's two great examples you've provided there of, of people who have gone on and had great careers in coaching but this sort of experience um, is obviously relevant to coaches but as you touched on earlier, you know, people that want to work in, in other industries, can you, can you tell us a little bit about how that can maybe benefit someone that yeah, they, they want to go and coach for the experience, but that might not ultimately be their end goal as a career. Absolutely. And and I don't mind saying that, and that you know, a, a lot of the guys, you know, we have coaches, we have people that come out and say to us, I want to be a full-time coach. That's what I want to do. They come out to the States and they'll coach for a summer and realize that maybe coaching isn't for them. That's maybe not the pathway that they want to go down. That doesn't, that doesn't stop them having that experience and it doesn't stop them having the ability to have those skills that that summer's given them. It's just that they actually realise that coaching full-time is a lot harder than what a lot of people probably think it is. Um, it takes a certain type of person. Um, but the the transferable skills that we have, and and well, not that we have, that, that the coaches have that come over, you know, are are absolutely huge. You know, we have a lot of guys that are PE teachers, for example, that come out over and, They'll come over for a six-week contract while they're doing the PE teaching because they get the summer holidays off. We have guys that come over as physios that just want to use a little bit of um, a, a vacation time or holiday time for them to come and do something a little bit different that's fun, that's that's with like-minded people, and 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 really to experience coaching over in a different environment. Whether it's whether they want to be a coach full time or whether they just want to do it for the experience. What we always say to our coaches is. I'd say that, you know, do we have issues with, with our coaches sometimes? Absolutely. Does everybody have a good time? No, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and sort of 
and, and patronize anyone and say everyone has a great experience. But what I would say is that 98% of our guys all have an amazing experience. And those 98% of the uh, people that come out and have a great time get out of it what they put into it. So those guys that go in with an open mind, really put 100% effort, enthusiasm, want to meet the host families, want to want to spend time with the families that are looking after them and, and really put time into that, then put their time into the coaching in regards to get a, planning a session, et cetera. They get, they get so much out of the experience, whether they come back for one year, two years, three years. We have, we have some coaches that have been coming out with us for four, five, six years and, uh, and still come back out with us today. Ben, I've got to ask you as well, is it, um, is it required for all of the coaches to, to post a, a picture of the session on their Instagram story before every session? Because my friend that went out last year, every single morning when I've woken up, it's a, a picture of all his cones laid out nice and fancy in the beautiful basking sun at, at Texas. I'm going to assume that's just his own prerogative. That's his own prerogative, and and we do have a we do run some competitions through the summer, so he's oh, probably right. after he was after some gift vouchers, no doubt. But no, the more the more sort of feedback that we can get across Instagram and stuff like that helps helps us grow, you know. And 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 we want we want people to see the experiences that everybody has that like your friend had, you know that that, that come out. Who was it that came out with us? Sorry, Adam. Reese Wilson. Right. Okay. Yes. So I I always remember names. I can't always put a face to names, but yeah. Reese came out, and and obviously. It's it's something that we want people to to share and show people like what a, an amazing experience it is. Yeah, and fair point, Teresa's mom as well. She threw an amazing party for, for before it went out as well. It was American themed, one of one of the best nights out of the year. So 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 big big props to her and Teresa. It sounds like yeah, that had an amazing time. Ben, if, if people are listening to you here and, and listening to some of the fantastic stories of all of the coaches and they want to get involved, how can how can they do so? How can they get in touch with you guys and and you know make this this dream a reality? Perfect. No, and, and thanks again. So anybody who's really interested in coming out, have a look at our website. We've got uh, challengersportsrecruitment.com. Um, or alternatively, if you want some more information and need to get in touch, my email address is ben at challengersports.com. Um, we're, you know, we're, we're always out. We're doing presentations. If there's any universities or colleges up in Scotland that want us to come and present, you know, we want to get out in front of the students because we know that actually being in front of students engage them a little bit more than, than actually emails out. To, so any students that are at any unis or colleges and want us to come in and present, we'd be more than happy to do that. Um, we just need to have the details. So our website, once again, is challengersportsrecruitment.com and my email address is ben at challengersports.com. Absolutely. So anyone listening um, that, that likes what you hear, absolutely get yourself in touch with Ben or head over to the, the Challenger Sports website. Ben, thank you very much for coming on the podcast today. Great to, great to hear from you. And hopefully um, one, or, one or two of our listeners or, or maybe even more will, will sign up and get a fantastic summer over in the States. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Enjoy the rest of your evening. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Ben. Cheers, Ben. Thank you. Yeah, great to hear from Ben Beer there. Um, I, I had to give my good friend Reese a big shout out there because he absolutely loved his time over in the States. And I will reiterate again, what a party his mum threw before he left. Considering nicely with his 21st birthday, uh, birthday absolutely brilliant. Um, Robbie, I was, I was going to ask you if that's that's something you would ever do, given you know how well-traveled a man you are, but then I'm forgetting um, you could write your uh, knowledge of football on the back of a stamp. So I don't think I don't think you'd be you'd be much use out there. So uncalled for, mate. So uncalled for. <laughs> Why? 
I've got a vast amount of football journalism knowledge that I think. Uh, I like you put in journalism there. Nothing to do with coaching. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I reckon you. No, nah, to be fair to you, Robbie, you're a, you're a smart guy. I reckon you, you know the game well. But I think as soon as the kids saw you attempt attempt and fail to do five keepy uppies, then I think they would lose all respect for it. Nah, I could give them a good demonstration of what not to do. Yeah, true. If you want to be a good player, don't be like Ollie McDonald. Fair enough. Um, yeah, fantastic to hear from Ben, um, as always. And a little reminder, if you want to get yourself involved, get over at the States, do some coaching. It's a great experience. Then head over to the Challenger Sports website. Yeah, Mac Anya at two great games for the, the under-21s there. Um, but Robbie, we had our reporters busy elsewhere over um, the weekend as well. Sam Woods was at Fanart versus On The Ball Academy um, at Glasgow Green. It sounds like he had a great game. Yeah, Sam was at the Glasgow and District Youth League Division 1 game. I think we've got his piece to camera, so we can hear from Sam now. So the time here at Glasgow Green where it finished Finner FC 4 on the ball academy 1. Both teams played great passing football with chances for both teams but it was Finner's pace up front that helped them get the goals. They should kick on now from this brilliant win and it'll give them confidence in the rest of the season. Um, yeah, fantastic game there, 4-1. You can hear hear from Sam how, how much he enjoyed that one. He was particularly complimentary about Jesse. Jesse was a, a he's a striker for Finn Art, a really, really clever player. Sam was telling us about him after and he says he was by far, by far the star of the show. So he got a well done to Sam, he got a little interview with Jesse, as well as his coach Mark. Hey, game's a bit scrappy today. They can play a lot better better football. I think on the ball we're up for it the first twenty minutes or so. Um, we played them earlier in the season, they're a bit more one sided, so uh, it's definitely more of a game. I thought they had the better first half, but uh, this boy here, Jesse, you can see what he can do. Just two two individual pieces of brilliance. You see his pace, his ability. Got his got his two goals. He gives a wee bit of a cushion. Um, second half, we played a bit better. Uh, again, thought the game was scrappy, but it's all about getting the three points at the stage of the season. Uh, I think they helped the team a lot. Just like you said, like it gives a cushion and like kind of bring the morale up so we can play even better. Uh, season we've started off really well. Obviously, we've. Uh, games are coming thick and fast but we know the teams in this league it's a really really tough league and I've, there's no an easy game in the league so we've, we've, we've won my first three league games um, we've got a hard, hard hard game next week against a good side but if we can roll our sleeves up and battle the way we battled today and we're probably not playing at our best then the boys can do really well this season so fingers crossed so that was one, one of the games that our volunteers had been out to we've also we also had Daniel Tubes McLeod who's been on this podcast once or once or twice Tubesy, yeah, he was brilliant on the pod. Loved it. Absolutely. Awesome. Fantastic. Just so good at talking nonsense, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's so funny, man. He's so funny. Need him, need him back on for next week. I did ask him if he'd come on today and he just completely patched me off. So No, nah, to be fair, that's not that's that's not his fault. He's that far enough. You don't have Wi Fi, so he's not yeah, he has saw saw the message. He's just the the, the signal, um, up up in Orkney is just not strong enough for him to be able to send a response. So it's not it's not his fault. Baby. Is it star noise? Be fuming at you if you got his island drunk. In fact, have I, have I butchered it? Is Orkney, or is Orkney not be? one of the Western islands, actually? Am I, no, am Orkney's I actually... north. Orkney's like, it's like Shetland and Orkney up top. Yeah. So is he Shetland? No, he's Western. He's Stornoway. Oh, right. So he's Western. He's not even north. 
No, uh, but it's still it's still north, but it's not like. Sure, please cut this bit because it's so embarrassing. My knowledge of nah, just leave it in. Supposed to be a patriot, take out producer Stuart. Please take this. <laughs> I'm gonna get roasted. Um. Anyway, right. What's that nonsense? Chibsy's not here. We can't talk about Chibsy. Um. Matt, you've been busy. You had, an, you had another game. You were at the. Well, we'll talk uh, about Chibsy's game first, no? Nah. He's not here. Why? Oh, right. Fine. Yeah, like, neither, let's just move on. Let's just. Huh? Neither Sam. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But but Sam isn't a. Uh, he's not been on the podcast, you know what I mean? I thought, nah, Tubes, 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 Tubes had a good message. Tubes had a good piece to camera, though, so I'd okay, put that right, in. right, let's let's play that then. Okay, let's 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 hear from from Daniel Tubesy McLeod and his piece to camera. It's all finished here at the Huntersville Sports Hub, and it's been an absolute thriller of an afternoon. The game scoreline: Rossville United four, Alloa Saints four. Mohammed Mostafai opened the scoring for the hosts. He latched onto a Charlie Caldwell cutback who'd received a lovely defence splitting ball from his right back, Leo Hamilton. Mostify would score the second and fourth goals for his side in a really good afternoon for him, while Tyler Scott was a man who headed in goal number three, who'd actually had a really dominant performance in the midfield. It was a really strong first half from Rossville, who were seeking their first win of the season, and at half time, you had to think after such a brilliant display, surely it was there. Alloa were not to be defeated, however. They started the second half in a much better form, and they did actually score a goal. Their number 26 picked up the ball just on the edge of box from a corner, and he sent in a lovely looping shot, which hit off the bar and actually came back out, but it did get ruled down as a goal, and rightly so, in my opinion. Even then, surely, surely, there was no comeback to be had. Around 10 or 15 minutes later, however, Andrew Mackey was sure to put that into perspective. He picked up the ball in a counter-attack and after his first shot was saved, there was no giving up. He received the ball again and smashed it into the top corner to make it 4-2. While there were maybe a few moans and groans from Rossville, I'm sure they didn't expect what was to come. Kean McGill, who was playing in centre mid on the day, showed a moment of absolute class. He picked up the ball on the edge of box for Aloha he cut inside on the left and he sent in an absolute curler into the bottom corner. It was something Ari and Robin would be proud of and it was certainly something the Alloa Saints would be proud of because it made the scoreline 4-3 and suddenly out of nowhere there was actually a chance that they could take something home. Still, as the game went on, it was quite even late on, it was end to end, Rossville looked to shore up and there weren't a great deal of chances in the closing stages. It looked like they'd just done enough. Somehow, from a late charge, the ball just managed to find itself at the feet of Cornel Buzinski, who showed absolutely no fear in smashing at home and sending his side into delirium. It was one of those moments where you really think in football, there's definitely two sides to a story. Rossville were absolutely dejected and must have felt they should have taken something home but Aloha were in absolute ecstasy and it was a brilliant moment seeing them celebrate like that. A great mo- a great game and an even better advert for the grassroots game. Daniel McLeod, Youth Football Scotland. Yeah, great to hear from Daniel. Would be even better if he was here with us, but unfortunately he likes to, to go strawberry like many of um, the West of Scotland's females have done in the last three years. Um, it, was, it sounded like a, a, a great game though. Alloa Saints came down from 4-0 down at halftime to draw 4 all um, with Rossville at Hunters Hill. So we're talking Arsenal. Was it Arsenal-Liverpool back in the day? You know, the Arshavin game? Was that, was that 4 all 
Is that a similar situation? Yeah. I remember as well, Newcastle. New, yeah, Newcastle against Arsenal, Czech Teoti game. It's funny that you remember these games like by the, by the player. So I wonder if, if, you know, in years to come, they'll call this the Key and Andrew game. No? Is that obviously <laughs> linked to it? <laughs> no? As well, there was, a, there was a goal actually in this game that was absolutely... I believe there was two goals that were brilliant, but Tubes managed to get one of them on camera where it was like a corner corner comes across and it's kind of like a it's like a low a low cross right across the box and no one manages to get it until it got to the, the edge of the box and one of the players just kind of peels away from the group and smashes it off the crossbar in like just loops it over everyone off the crossbar into the back of the net so we'll hopefully get that video into the match report but I was pestering after Tubes showed me that video I was pestering I was like like, who was the player who scored the goal? And he was like, I don't have a clue. Didn't know who it was. <laughs> oh, Chibsy, he's done he's done the hard bit and, and, and messed up the easy bit. Oh, to well. be fair to him, to be fair to him, the player was number 26 and there was no number 26 on the team sheet. But if I'd saw someone score a goal that good, I'd be trying to find out who it was, no? Yeah, I would just go up to and ask the boy, listen, what is your name? I, I, I'd just be wanting an autograph just for scoring a goal like that. I got him interviewed. Know. <laughs> oh, it's, well, it it's might fantastic. be the, the number twenty-six game. Yeah, yeah. But right, also, Mac, have you ever been in a game that's had such a dramatic comeback, four-nil down, the four-all, anything like that? Um, I the the first one that comes to mind is uh, I was I was a, a spectator at um, Celtic four, Aberdeen three. They were beating us three-one. And then the boys spurred back and won four for in the last minute. Sam and us overhead kick, but I don't think it's quite uh, four each with Keen Andrews. Yeah. Uh, that's that. That's that's mental. Fair play to Alwa Saints. Um, Annie, what's the what's the, the best comeback you've you've ever witnessed? I can't think off the top of my head. I want to say it surely must have been one of the Rangers' results in their Europa League run in twenty twenty. Two, yeah, yeah, we reached yeah, the final. There must have been something like surely the Dortmund game was a. Was I a think comeback. Rangers actually kind of raced ahead in, in that tie. Dortmund's nearly come back themselves. Like, I can't, I can't think. I think, in terms of maybe a, a comeback overall, because they didn't start that campaign too well in the group stages. Well, yeah, that's right. That was when Steven Gerrard was still the manager and we'd lost every single uh, one of our group games. And then Giovanni Van Bronckhorst came in and got us right. round to the final so yeah I suppose to, uh, talk about the, the tournament as a whole it was definitely quite the comeback for Rangers I would say um, it's a very old firm orientated yeah I know we've got the we've got yin and yang here it's a, it's a, it's... we're lacking in juice <laughs> I know usually usually one comeback what one comeback I can give you from back in 2013 was when Ross County played against Celtic at home and we were 2-0 down after half an hour and came back to win 3-2 last-minute goal from the Wolf, Stephen Wolfarth, who scored, I think, three goals for County. He, he, I think he scored he scored three goals for County and two of them came in a loss. But he's forever a County legend after that moment. Did Richie Britton score a free kick that day? That same game? No, I was in that, he, scored, uh, he, scored, he did score a free kick. I think that was 1-1. One, one. Took a few mm. points off you that season, mm. but... 
Right. I think that might be a bit of a struggle this yeah. year. Some great comebacks. I think uh, producer Stuart's hairline's making a bit of a comeback these days as well. But you know, it's, I've noticed it's, it's a little bit longer than, than what I had been before. So you know, couple <laughs> couple of kids later, and Stuart's actually making making a comeback, and he's and and he's thirty. So fair, fair play, producer Stuart. I'd, I would say that's that's my highlight from games I've played in. Turkey job. I can't think of a. Any comebacks from me definitely chucked away quite a few leads in my time. Um, in fact, I there's one I remember. No, that there'll be so many kids that'll be able to relate, relate to this, and I really hope the person in question isn't listening. But we had like I'm not going to name names, right? But we basically had two keepers. One of them was really good. The other keeper was hopeless, right? Absolutely <laughs> rubbish. And uh, I that. We, it was like under thirteens, and it's like. That way that you're trying to keep it competitive, but everyone needs to get on the pitch. And it's, uh, there's a game we are 4 2 up against Bargeddy Colts um, in a Central Region Cup match. 4 uh, 2 up, genuinely, like I, I'd just, just come off in the refs in injury time. Right, genuinely, we're, we're just going in injury time. We bring on, a, bring on this goalkeeper who is like, one of these keepers were like the centre half has to go and take the goal kick for him and he can't touch the crossbar. He's absolutely just is addicted to getting chipped from, from everywhere. Right. Poor poor guy, I'm slaughtering him here. Mate, we've, we've lost the game six four, not even five four. We've scored four goals in injury time and put us out of the cup. So we've had a two goal lead and they've won by two. Not even five four, not even extra time. They've just went and just like like honestly just got the ball. Shot, goal, goal, goal. I also remember another one. In fact, someone that I'm still really good friends with to this day. Both of the boys actually I'm really good friends with. Danny Noble and Aidan Fagan, two of my best pals. I'm going to call them out here for a disaster class in the last minute against Steny back in our youth days for Bonnie Bridge, right? Steny were top of the league, undefeated all season. We scored in the last minute. I know a boy up front, Ross Buchanan, still good friends with him. We are all going mental. There's a pile on. Whether like there was parents involved in this pile and it was absolute scenes, right? Run back to the halfway line, you get the, the shout from the coach, like, heads on, keep it tight, boys. That way we just like goes to the centre man, I just knock it back to Danny in defence. Danny starts to like hesitate and I'm like, What are you doing? Just put it like the rest of it will blow the whistle. Hesitates again, takes an extra touch, passes it to Fagan. I'm like, Fagan, just please kick us out the pitch. He has a brain fart, gives it away, they take the ball off and score. The man that scored is actually Ray Daramola, who was just named in the, I think it was like the team of the month or team of the week or something. Plus for Kelly Hearts, that top top striker done, done really well. Killed us that day. I was gutted. We hadn't beat Steny before with that with that team, so I just thought I would get get a digging up with my two friends. Yeah, and that was very negative. As you can see, I've, I've not had any good comebacks. Just chucked away a few woods in my time. Terrible, mate. Terrible. I'm sure, there's plenty, plenty more stories like that you could be oh, giving us over the next few oh. weeks. Um, and I'm sure there'll be, you know, lots of listeners as well have have had some crazy comeback stories, or they're maybe a little bit more like myself and have chucked away <laughs> a fair a fair amount of leads in that time. Um, Mike, you had you had you had two games this week. You were also at the Development League Challenge Cup match between uh, Ben Burbank and Lake Talbot. That Friday night twenties can't beat it. Uh, I so it was a really good game to watch. Obviously, the conditions uh, were on the owner side. Uh, Storm Babbitt was kind of uh, it was uh, it was in New Tinsel Park, so it was kind of Glasgow in the uh, southwest. Kind of, we got the worst of the storm. 
match so the visitors were for uh, often at Talbot so I think that's why the game went ahead uh, it was safe to travel and stuff like that uh, it finished 4-2 home side Ben Bird they won uh, but it was a bit of bad luck for on Talbot's side I think, as I've mentioned in the report uh, by the 13th minute they'd been forced into two changes um, one uh, was uh, Matthew Harrison he got ahead not in the two minutes and it was like you know that 40 Terry uh, Butcher yeah. where he's like he's <laughs> white England kit is like red I had a bit he came back on my bandage and he was like fully red and I was like he can't, he can't be on that much longer yeah. so I think by the 13th minute him and um, him and Lewis Miller going to be brought off and then uh, obviously that might have just kind of set the team away and uh, but the, Talbot did uh, play well from there but uh, they went behind in the 25th minute it was uh, Corey Murray who this isn't that's not a, I'll just say that's not the last time I'll say that get that guy's name in there Corey Murray uh, took advantage of a lapse of concentration and uh, he chipped to keep it and make it 1-0 just two minutes later he was at it again uh, keeper got all he could um, own Murray's second effort of the game and it just kind of Hit off a moment at him, and then you did. At that point, you just think it's gonna be an easy victory. And then, just two minutes after that, another uh, substitution for Talbot injury. It was a uh, Kyle Bryden. I asked the guy next to me. I was in the Talbot end. The guy next to me said, uh, "He's just back from the cell." I was in the Talbot. Uh, so, is this match kicking about with a flare and a Island on the right? <laughs> Talbot loyal. I one of them said uh, he's a back for any sale and he had to get carried off the park. It was kind of hard to watch. Felt like felt like good eating for him. Uh, but then they would actually it looked like they just got one back before half time. Uh, so McCluskey swung a ball to Alex Nimble their forward. He just bet the keeper to it and. Uh, ball sailed in but just before the ref was about to blow uh, for half time Ben Bubb would hit back with first set play routine of their own Corey Murray would get his hat trick just before half time and then second half I think it was just but of handbags for both sides and then the red card eventually came out in about the 60th minute it was uh, Lachlan Bennett who I think was the captain for Ben Bubb uh, I'm sure one of them I thought last time would be able to correct me uh, I think it was the sent to the official, the official, uh, <laughs> yeah, the busy setting staff, to say the least. Uh, with a man advantage, Talbot, they would grab one back 10 minutes to go, set it up for an entertainer in the last 10 minutes. They have Captain Jack Cameron, again, another header. Uh, he made it 3 2. Uh, they just kept going, Talbot. They did have to like go, give him a sense of belief, but I right, was on the counter. Then Bob, they just got uh, that uh, two goal cushion again. And of course, it was going to be MDL, so it was Corey Murray. He was just addicted to score goals on Friday night. And uh, he stamped his team's ticket to the next round of the Challenge Cup. Fair, yeah, fair play to Ben Bob, fair, fair play to Corey Murray as well. Um, you know, see when you said New Tinto Park there, Mark, that just brought back horrific memories for me. I remember one day I was having a stinker. I was, uh, I was doing a game at Ibrox and had left like my... Uh, you get like a car park pass as part of a good accreditation. So I'd like left that in my house. I was like, God, I'm not going to get in. So I couldn't get into the car park. So I was like driving around me like, God, where do I park? At this point, it's like, it's like getting kind of close to kickoff. So there's like hardly anywhere to leave your car. 
drive around the back of like that the like Govan Asda, and there's New Tintle Park where his gates wide open. There's people on the pitch playing. There's a and there's a couple of spaces. So I'm like, oh, brilliant! Put the car in, go and do the game. And then I arrive back in my car hours later to see that the gates of New Tintle Park have been locked, and there's my vehicle <laughs> left inside with no access to it. I was trying everything. I was like trying to get. I was like there was like a padlock or something um, on the gate. And I was like Googling like when Ben Bob were found and trying to guess the, the code to the padlock. <laughs> trying to get my way back. I just, oh, I just wasn't having it. Um, eventually managed to get hold of someone at the club who kindly came and uh, opened up and I gave them uh, I gave them the, the, the money in my wallet for for their uh, for their services because like the guy was the guy was at like a family lunch or something and had to like come back to, to let me out it was terrible I felt absolutely, felt absolutely shocking but um, yeah if anyone ever plans on going to Ibox please don't park at New Tintle Park or you will have a nightmare and won't get your, your car back I, I, oh, it's just when you mentioned that Mac that just brought some back terrible <laughs> Was there a was there a lot of money in your wallet for? No, nah, there was a tenner, which is rare for me. To be fair, I never carry cash. Uh, he's he's oh, what? yeah, he's the, the luckiest man on the planet. There was a tenner in my wallet. So there's never like never cash in there. And I always go to like um, joint like, like go and get my hair done. Like uh, go to, like tap the the hairdresser, and it's like so embarrassing that I'm like ah uh, like. And then you never cross the bank machine to get money out because I just never have any in my wallet. <laughs> Shocking. Cash, cash is cash is overrated, man. You don't, you don't need it. Cash is dying. But sadly, we don't have an interview from Mark because <laughs> the wee idiot didn't check his phone before he got there. But we do have, we do have a, well, a well-written match report. So if you want to hear more some more in-depth analysis from Mark on that brilliant game, you can go on to the Youth Football Scotland website and catch it there. Luckily for Mark, I was editing his piece, so I managed to edit his misspelling of Auchinleck throughout <laughs> the article. <laughs> it's okay. It's all. It's all. It's all fine for the. All fine you know for the what, Actually, you know, given the, the misspelling and the various incidents that, that Mark read out, I actually don't think there was anything wrong with his phone. I think he was steaming in the Talbot end. As I said, he's got the stony on and I think, I think Max had a few cans on the way to the game and that's that's the issue here. <laughs> what, what a trip that would be. Ben, ben Burba away on a, on a Friday night with the 20s. Fantastic. Uh, anyway, that's that's all we have time for today. Just approaching our mark so to Robbie to Matt to Anya and to Ben from Challenger Sports thank you very much for your company today and thank you again to all of our lovely listeners we'll see you all next week for definite because Robbie isn't leaving us <laughs>